Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you today. Fix it, God. Are you ever frustrated, wondering why God doesn't do something about this mess we call our world? Evil seems to be marching forward unchecked. People want change, but nothing seems to change. If God is a good God, and if he is all-powerful, why doesn't he act? The daily news is a litany of violence and evil, and we seem to be helpless to do anything about it. We're not the first to feel this way. The ancient prophet of Israel called Habakkuk was very frustrated because God wasn't doing anything, or so he thought. Listen to the passion of this man. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen, or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. In passing, I want you to notice that little phrase, the law is paralyzed. Some people think the answer to our problems is to pass more laws. But if people won't obey the laws we have, what makes us think they'll follow new ones? Jesus spoke of the time when, because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. In other words, lawlessness will cause people to lose any sense of mercy and compassion for their fellow humans. This is so graphically the case today. When people are lawless, the answer is obviously not more laws. God is not unconcerned about what's going on here on planet Earth. Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Violence and evil came to characterize the society of God's ancient people. And yet, he offered cleansing and forgiveness to them. He said through the prophet Isaiah, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword." For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Apparently, they didn't possess the ability to reason, so they were eaten by the sword, to use the graphic Hebrew imagery. Insanity. It's amazing to me to watch the folly of humanity as we try over and over again to fix the world without God. It's been said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Man continues to repeat his mistakes ad infinitum, and nothing changes. This is definitely insanity. Those who complain that God is not intervening on our behalf have got him all wrong. They think that God is sort of a bellhop in the sky. When we have a problem, he should run to help us. 
But when things are going well, he can just recede into a corner somewhere and leave us alone, leave us to be our own gods and do our own thing. We fail to realize that we have problems because we have rejected him. Another of the great Hebrew prophets, Ezekiel, cried out and said, The land is full of bloodshed, and the city is full of violence. Clearly, this was the case for Israel because they had turned away from him and his ways. God was constantly reaching out to them through the prophets, and they constantly turned away. Suppose you had a terminal disease for which there was a miracle cure. There was a medicine that was very expensive, completely beyond your financial reach. But a rich person bought you the medicine so you could get well. He sent it to your house, but you put it in the medicine cabinet and didn't take it. And still you continued to complain about your illness. What would people think about you? They would think that you were insane, which suggests the question, what is our disease? What are we really suffering from? You often hear people talking about what's wrong with society. This is a way of turning the spotlight away from ourselves. Society is a pretty nebulous concept. In fact, it's all those other people. If everybody was like me, then the world would be a better place. Nobody actually says that, but it's implied in the way we talk about how things are with the world. People forget that society is the sum total of all the individuals that comprise it. So let's look at the individual. We'll start with me. I'm an individual. I'm actually in the Bible, believe it or not. It talks about me very specifically. For example, Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's my heart he's talking about there. Deceitful, wicked. Who can know it? I sure don't. But I have to take God's word for it. I can see the deceitfulness of my own heart. I I deceive myself quite a bit, I'm afraid. That's why I need to keep looking into the mirror of God's word to understand the truth about myself. And of course, this diagnosis of our common malady applies to everybody. I'm not trying to be unkind, dear listener, but your heart is deceitful and wicked as well. You're beginning to get some idea of what's wrong with the world? It's not my brother or my sister, but it's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And what we need God has provided. He has indeed done something about our situation at great expense to himself. God has provided the cure we need. He didn't send it by FedEx, but he came in person. He came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ. He was born into humble circumstances, the son of a poor peasant girl named Mary. He took on a real human body, a body subject to weakness, to all the things that we are subject to. He knows what it's like to be us, and yet being found in flesh like any human, he never sinned. But he was crucified as a criminal by wicked men. In reality, you and I were parties 
to that awful crime against God. We drove the nails into his hands and feet. We spit on him and mocked him. We thrust the sword into his side. We watched him die with great pleasure, as a matter of fact. You may be saying, I would never do such a thing. But when you live your life for yourself with no thought of the God who made you, that's exactly what you're doing. But as unjust and cruel as it was, that death was the cure for what ails the world. Jesus took the sin of the world upon himself and broke its power at the cross. And now it remains for us to take the medicine provided at so great a price. The cure involves first repentance. We must acknowledge that our sin is what's wrong with the world, not somebody else's. Our sin put Jesus on the cross, and we must turn away from our sin, turn from being the bosses of our own lives, and surrender to Christ. We must put our whole faith in Him and what He did for us in infinite love on Calvary. If we do this, He will give us new life. Perhaps this cure for a sick world is not what we were expecting. That doesn't matter. God knows what's wrong with us better than we do ourselves. The world is truly a messed up place, but that's not God's fault. It's our fault. And although he didn't have to, he provided the remedy in the death of his one and only beloved son. The world remains sick because it wants to. We can be well any time we decide to turn to Jesus Christ for the eternal cure. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful to you that you have come into this world. You've sent Jesus, your Son, into this world to save us, to take our sin in his own body on the cross so that we can put our trust and confidence in him and be set free. Thank you for that great love. I pray that people, especially in our nation, Lord God, that has such a history of, of, of a time when Christianity was ascendant, but no more. I pray that our nation will wake up, that we will repent, and we will turn to Jesus Christ for the answer. And I pray it in his precious name. Amen. God bless you, my dear friend. Thank you for listening. And I pray you'll share this talk with somebody else that's not on my email list or that doesn't see it on Facebook. And if you'd like to contact me, my email address is father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.